young people around the world want to see change. Join your co-hosts, William, Anastasia, and George, as they speak to young leaders from around the world on their stories, their struggles, and most importantly, their incredible impact. In season two of this podcast, be ready to get inspired. This is where action begins, and this is the Young Changemakers podcast. Art and creativity. It conveys a message evoking an emotion. What if you could use art to carry conviction and inspire others to learn more about the injustices and social issues of our society? More specifically, what if you could use a sneaker design to spark conversations? For today's episode, it's your girl Anastasia, and we'll be talking about art and creativity and how this interacts with the youth activism space. Our guest for this episode is Taslima Khan. She was selected out of thousands of applicants to co-create a sneaker with Nike. Youth activists in London were used as a source of Taslima's inspiration to design the sneaker. Also cool fact, the name of the sneaker uses the pun, wait for it, it's called Global Change Make Air. Get it? Make Air? Like Air Force? Anyway, um, I know that you can't actually see the sneaker through the podcast, but check out the show notes to see the design. It is really awesome. She's also an award-winning social entrepreneur and collaborates with NGOs to raise awareness of social issues through fashion pieces. We'll be talking about her upbringing in the very multicultural London, the process of collaborating a design with Nike, the travel she's had around Bosnia and Palestine, and how this has inspired her fashion pieces. We'll also talk about how you can get in touch with your creative side as well. Something special about our podcast today, it's actually the last of the season. I know, how did this happen? Can someone please tell me how it's already October? I feel like I'm mentally still in March, but also very much aware that it's October. Anyway, next thing you know, the crazy year of 2020 will be over. This being my first season as a co-host on the podcast, I've really had so much fun speaking to all these people from around the world, doing inspirational things. We actually recorded these episodes in about July, August. So I will also admit it's been weird to listen to them back during the time when we were right in the midst of lockdown. I mean, I know that we're all in different situations around the world, but it feels like countries are slowly now recovering. Um, So let's hope that the trajectory stays and hoping that everyone stays safe wherever you are. On behalf of George, William and myself, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening to the episode. We really hope that you've enjoyed it and the people that we've interviewed and feel inspired by their stories. It takes time and effort to edit these and put them together. So we really have appreciated your support. I think the reason why we continue to put in the work is because we really believe that there is a gap in the podcast space right now of young change makers to have the chance to share their story. So we hope that these efforts help bridge that gap and amplify these voices that are so sorely needed in our globalized world today. I'm sure you're also asking, when is season three coming? Well, we're hoping to launch early next year, so keep an eye on our socials and subscribe to the podcast so you'll get notified when our next episode comes out. We also would really love your feedback for how to best improve next season or even just thoughts on this one. 
Um, please be sure to email us to podcast at global-changemakers.com with your thoughts, comments, suggestions, and topics you'd like us to hear. You can even send us through like a smiley face emoji, whatever you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. If you could even send us through a voice recording, that would be even better. We would love to feature some of our listeners in our next season. So for now, sit back, relax, and let's get into the podcast. Hi, Taslima. Welcome to the Young Changemakers podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing not too bad. Um, It is a sunny, sunny day here on on my side of the world. Where are you joining us from uh, for this episode today? I am joining you from London that is not so sunny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm cold, yeah. I've actually never been to London, but um, I have heard, yeah, it is only sunny like a couple of days. The the summertime is in like that June, July period though, right? Like in the middle of the year. I think we had August, two weeks. Um, <laughs> solid weeks hey it's something it's something actually a solid week which was amazing um but i think then people started to complain about the heat and then it just disappeared and we started to get rain so it's yeah people and now the londoners well uk the whole of uk regrets uh, complaining so, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> two weeks or six of time I think I have an um actually come to think of it I think I actually have an auntie who lives I think she lives about like two hours out of London um yeah. like in the countryside and and that kind of thing it looks like and um yeah it, it maybe from Instagram stories like it looks like it's always sunny <laughs> like, but, yeah I think it mustn't be time of the sun comes up <laughs> in the morning <laughs> That's when you get sunshine. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Um, no, that's cool, that's cool. Is it, like, has it, with COVID and everything happening right now, um, has it been quiet, like, a little bit more quiet in the city and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, strangely, it's been, like, a ghost town, which we're not used to. London is a very busy city everywhere you go, and especially central locations like central London, um, Canary Wharf, where, like, the office workplaces banks and stuff mm. pretty hectic and you literally have to go through traffic of people usually <laughs> but now it's quite empty it's if you go out I mean you can count the people that's on the street so it's it's really weird right now oh no that's so yeah I mean this is you know our new normal right um yeah. but no, that's interesting like hearing you know how that part of the world is and how have you kind of been um with with everything kind of going on how have you been kind of coping with with everything and functioning in that way because of everything you know happening I think me having my own business and working as a freelancer uh it's kind of in a weird way it's a norm to be working from home and it hasn't affected me directly in the sense of um being made redundant from work which has happened to a lot of people Mm. as well as people having to work from home which they're not used to doing so they get frustrated with being in their house like waking up in the morning you go onto your laptop to do your work and then again you're still at home so you're going from the living room to the kitchen kitchen. (laughs) Mm. 
kitchen than kitchen than living room and bedroom. Um, but for me, I think uh, weirdly, it's been a blessing to have this time, like a weird blessing in the sense of it's horrible what's happening. It's horrible that you know it's affected so many families, so many lives have been lost. But at the same time, a lot, a lot of people always ask for that time off mm. or that bit of time from traveling to work that, you know, it takes two hours sometimes to get to work and coming back home. Just finding that extra time to do something for yourself is what I've seen being a blessing that we've been given, like time, quality mm. time with your family, which I'm really grateful for because I'm usually working outside or doing shoots for long hours. So I'm not in time with the normal hours that my family are working and stuff. So it's been great for me to have quality family time as well as having that time to just focus on my work rather than focusing on other campaigns and projects that I do for external people. So a weird blessing. (laughs) That's how I can describe it. I love that. No, that's good. Like a weird blessing. Totally. Definitely makes sense. And, um, you know, definitely agree. Like having that time is, yeah, been, been really good. So no, that's, um, really, really good to hear there. Um, you, you grew up in, did you grow up in London as well? I've grown up in London. I've no. always lived in South London. So that yeah. is home. I have <laughs> moved around London, uh, but I am a typical Londoner who will say London is the best city in England. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I love that. I mean, you know, they really say that a lot of who you are and who you become is really shaped by your surroundings and, you know, where you grew up. And, um, you know, I've known that London is quite multicultural. So maybe you can tell me a little bit more about how you grew up and in that kind of environment. Um, and also maybe brag slightly about how it's the best city in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I will find that part very easy to do. And (laughs) I'm definitely uh, proud of being a Londoner. I'm very proud that we do have a multicultural city. And being brought up in London, what I've seen is that we've been blessed to have people from all over the world. And, you know, people speak in different languages. You can go to different areas and find different restaurants, traditional food, traditional clothing, music from all around the world. It's, it's just nice to actually hear languages and, you know, and learn something different from someone else or even going to the local markets and finding food from around the world, even, you know, the supermarkets for us to be blessed to have ongoing fruits and veg and produce that comes from worldwide. So for me, is that I find, you know, not Every part of the world is lucky to have all these food, this culture, the traditions, the people come together in one space like we do in London. And um, I've learned a lot from different people around me, making friends from all over the world and being able to learn a different culture even just a few words from different languages, I just find that really incredible and I appreciate that a lot. So for me, I am really grateful to be brought up in London. Huge influence on me for everything that I do, really. Yeah, yeah, I love that, like this fusion of different cultures and everything. I remember, like, growing up personally as well here in Sydney, similar thing, like just being able to get the chance to, like, 
learn and uh, different languages and meet so many different people from around the world. You know, you had recently also won the chance to collaborate with Nike, which is very, very cool. Like big congratulations for that. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that opportunity and what that whole process looked like? Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's been one of the most incredible experiences, a great blessing during this uh, lockdown time. So beginning of the year, I um, Nike did a call out for London designers, creatives to design their own shoe, what the backstory would be, their brief. And I submitted a brief about my unseen London. And um, sorry, so the theme was called Unseen London. So I um, submitted a brief about what my unseen London looks like and just like explained how I would design my shoe. And then I was selected to co-create, collaborate with Nike and Nike by You to design um, either an Air Max 95 or an Air Max 90. I chose the Air Max 95 because it went with my design brief and what my brief that I created is all about London being a multicultural city and um, us being comfortable in our own skin. And the whole shoot is called Change Maker. So me being a change maker myself, I can see the fingers you're pointing. <laughs> yes, I know everyone, the listeners can't see, but guys, I'm doing like cool finger points. Like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> celebrating um and that's what the shoot is about celebrating change makers because i'm in a community of change makers um i'm a social entrepreneur myself and you know everything that i design i create is all about education through art about different social issues so for me it was really important to do something with nike that would celebrate and showcase something that is really meaningful to me and me being around a lot of change makers, me being a change maker myself, I thought it fit perfect with the brief to celebrate change makers. So the back of the shoe is actually detailed with CNG on one foot, which is standing for change. And then the other foot is MKR, which explains make care. So it's about, yeah, so you have the two shoes together, which say change maker and the color tones are going from a light uh, color palette down to brown, browns and nudes. And then the bottom being a black sole. So it showcases our skin tones, the diversity and multicultural city that I live in. So I wanted to celebrate and implement all of those designs that are a representation of who I am and what I'm about. So it was, it's been a great, great um, opportunity. Um, I mean, it's been amazing to be able to say that I have my own Nike shoes, just like, you know, <laughs> Michael Jordan. Um, and something that is very personal to me to be able to implement that is what is bigger than just a shoe, you know, like to celebrate change makers. Change makers are very important people in this world. We as human beings, all can be change makers. We can all do something great, do something positive for our community, for, you know, our family, for ourselves, for where we live, for the world. You know, just one little thing that you do can 
have a ripple effect on a whole society, which is powerful. And I don't think change makers are celebrated enough or showcased enough. So that was my whole main movement for the campaign for Nike, which now has turned into a bigger campaign of me now actually showcasing each of these change makers and celebrating who they are and having a channel now to kind of expose and implement and um, showcase to the world. There's loads of people that do great, good things who may look like your stereotype criminals <laughs> or your stereotype of negativity that you put on young people. But in London, I am truly blessed with loads of people that do not fall in that stereotype. You may look a certain way, you may talk a certain way, but you might be the one that is creating bigger changes in this world. So yeah, that's kind of like my whole um, idea with design is to take something negative or, you know, a situation that's not the best situations and showcase the positive light and showcase how we as human beings, as individuals can actually implement change. So I believe that that's why I kind of found you guys as well. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. That sounds good. Like, yeah, I love like the name, the design. Design is very, very cool. Um, Listeners, we will have the links in the show notes of this episode as well. So you can be able to check it out and and just see how beautiful the design is. It's it's really quite stunning, Taz, and I think you've done a, a great job. You know, I think something that you touched on just now as well is like, how you're using that creative art form to really bring to light something that you're so passionate about, about young people and how they can make change in the community in the little or big ways that they um, they are. What role do you really believe that creativity really plays within that youth activism space? And how have you seen that kind of like evolve over time? So um, my main entrepreneurship, social entrepreneurship, comes from the fashion side. So I have a fashion label that engages fashion and politics. So we um, create clothing that creates education and conversation and awareness on different human rights issues. And the reason I started this was because I was living a double life. I am super creative And then I am very politically aware and actively outspoken about human rights issues. I've written reports. I've worked with various charities and NGOs and worked on different campaigns. And I felt like there was a broken bridge between the two, even though with art, I felt like it would engage with everyone and anyone but yet it felt very distant from politics or, you know, me go being invited to parliament or working with MPs or working with charities. I felt like they didn't tap into these other young creatives. They only spoke to people that either studied law or, um, you know, something based on politics or social causes, but they didn't speak to creatives. Whereas I come from a creative background and I can see the passion that comes through art. And art speaks to everyone. It speaks to all ages. It speaks to all gender. It speaks to all culture. It doesn't discriminate or segregate with individuals. So for me, I found that art is a very powerful tool that needs to be tapped into, that needs to open the book of politics or social issues. It affects all of us. It's not for a certain group of people that should be just speaking about it. So I wanted to bring the two together so that it could create that engagement and showcase that 
Well, this issue is about you as well. It does affect you. Your opinion matters and you are allowed to say something about it. You're allowed to feel something about it and you're allowed to do something about it. So that was my whole main um, inspiration slash motivation to start this movement of art and creative um, social entrepreneurship. And I think that's so true. Like something you just said now was like art being for everyone have you seen the way that people view art within that, that youth activism space like change over, over time and, and that being more part of the conversation rather than, say, I don't know, yeah, the like law-focused students, yeah? Yeah, I think, I think now more than ever art is more relevant, more important because, I mean, you have someone like Banksy who uses his art to plaster like the most effective ways of touching people and art does something a bit more deeper than just words or um when I say words I mean like you know words coming from like a government house I don't mean like if someone's speaking poetry even that affects you music affects you you know every form of art personally affects you emotionally affects you um and I do feel that as we progress um through even lockdown, a lot more has been coming through with art forms and people are tapping into that and engaging with that and they understand the power of it a lot more than, you know, let's say uh, 10 years ago. Um, But now, or even if it existed, it just wasn't highlighted enough of what it was about um, or it was acknowledged enough. I think now it has a platform where it is being acknowledged a bit more than before. Nice, nice. So that sounds really, really good. If there's anyone in the listeners on this who were wanting to maybe tap into a little bit more of that emotional part of themselves and are wanting to ask those, you know, deeper questions and explore art, what would you recommend as something to do to really encourage that that spark of inspiration? I think what I would suggest first is spend some time with yourself and I know it might sound really basic, but it's really important, especially now that we do actually have this time, if you are lucky, you're not actually um, having to go out to work um, or being able to do work at home. Use the time that you would, you know, if you were traveling to work or, you know, if you had to make breakfast or lunch or whatever for work, um, use that time, that spare time now to give yourself that time to reflect on what it is that you enjoy Um, go back to your childhood like it doesn't mean that just because you enjoyed art or you enjoyed dancing or you enjoyed singing back then that now as an adult you cannot tap into that Um, I think people think oh I have to grow up no you don't (laughs) have to let it go to grow up Um, tap into things that make you happy and see how you can use that happiness that joy and give or share with others so you know if you enjoy art why not you know pick up a pencil and a paper that you have at home and start sketching something and then get your family to join in and have a relaxing time with that and you know or you could get a community of people your neighbors or you know do this over zoom now everyone does everything over zoom Um, You can still have those nights and share conversations and reflect on what is happening right now, what 
what is it that you can do right now to help change someone's life? Um, be it, you know, right now, there's a lot of people struggling with being made redundant with their jobs. You could even, you know, see if there's any homeless shelters around that you could help out, donate something. Um, you could go to volunteer at your local hospitals. Um, I don't know what is happening in which country that you are in, but find things that are safe for you to do. You don't need to go extreme and go save the world in one day. It is a process. And I think it's just one step that you can take is first take care of yourself, understand and learn what makes, makes you happy and see how you can use your skill to make someone else happy or change their lives. Um, charities definitely need a lot of help right now. So maybe look into charities and see how you could volunteer um, and help them out and use your skill to help them. Like, you know, whatever you do for your work, maybe there's a skill that they need that you could provide. I love that idea of, um, yeah, even just being able to like sketch and doing that with your family, like at home, like that's such a nice way to come together um, as a group. So I love that suggestion. Hi there. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We just wanted to let you know that we're on social media at we are GCM. And don't hesitate to follow us. And if you'd like to support us further, we also have a Patreon page. Type in Global Changemakers and decide which tier is best for you. And now on with the rest of the episode. You've also done some great work with like various organisations um, over the years through, um, through your freelancing. Could you be able to tell us your favourite project to date and why it's so meaningful to you? Oh God, um, I've got so many. I know, big question, big question, I know. <laughs> it's like, okay, out of like all the things that you've done, one of the cool things. <laughs> Maybe you could say a couple if you feel like the one is, yes, you know, too much. Where I've got, got to say a couple. Um, I'll try to be quick with this. <laughs> I think one of the most powerful ones that I've had is, so uh, as I said, with my fashion label, Taslima K, what we do is actually we travel to the source of our inspiration and we do first-hand research. So one of the places that we traveled to was Bosnia. And um, I went with the organization, um, sorry, the charity Remembering Srebrenica. So uh, a genocide took place in 1985. Um, so um, I went there with the organization to learn about what happened and to bring back um, the research that I do and then implement it within my designs and create awareness and education through the clothing that I make. And um, one of the most powerful experiences were when I met the mothers of Sabranitsa. So the mothers are a collective of mothers that have lost their family members, all the men in their lives, um, husbands, fathers, sons, um, uncles, so if you do not know about the Bosnian genocide, it is, um, so 8,372 Muslim men and boys were murdered. Um, um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a very tragic situation, like a horrible situation to even know that it's in Europe that it happened and not so long ago, um, to meet in the mothers and, 
seeing how they described their situation was very powerful to me. And one thing that, one sentence that I took from one of the mothers was, she said that we do not teach hate. We only spread love and we only speak of love. And for someone that has had their, you know, family members literally taken away from them and being brutalized and for them to even go through that experience themselves um, and then to still have a positive note and teach us a whole group of young people that went there, they said, no, please don't hate them for what they did. Like teach them love, spread love so that this doesn't happen again. And for me to come back with that notion that someone that has, you know, had everything taken away from them can have such a positive message. Why can we not spread that as well? Um, and that changed a lot of things for me to think, you know, um, you need to be grateful for a, everyone that you have in your life. Um, and being coming back to being brought up in a cultural diverse, um, a multicultural space is really important so that we don't actually face these um, discrimination or hate against each other. Because, you know, hate can be such a disgusting situation which could lead to something that is um, unforgivable, kind of um, unforgettable, unforgivable kind of situation. But, you know, someone that has gotten into that that has had their family members taken away can be so forgiven that, you know, it should teach us all to be better human beings and um, respect each other and love each other and be able to spread love like she can, you know. So I think that was one of my powerful um, moments. And I've seen this again, repeat situation when I went to Palestine actually, and I went there for a human rights um exchange program and it's the same thing there what's happening there is horrendous but all the people all the Palestinian people that we met that we were with all they did was smile laugh and sing and dance and you would believe like if everyone that was watching my Instagram was like where are you um compared to what you see on the news you know we're just constantly dancing and having these enjoyable moments with these Palestinians because they said that the biggest form of resistance is happiness and it's love. Wow. So that's beautiful. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, um, people that can be like that in those horrible circumstances teach you what life really is. Um, and it's powerful and it's important for us to kind of acknowledge and learn from people that are, you know, in these horrendous situations um, and circumstances. So we definitely need to um, be appreciative of a lot of things in life. Completely, 100% agree. Like that's, yeah, that's profound. It's, I love that, um, that quote. In, in terms of, you know, the, the work that you've done, like I love that you were able to go to, to Bosnia and go to Palestine. From that experience, what did you then take back when, when you went to London and, and work on for as part of your social enterprise? So with Bosnia, what I did was I created a full collection and an exhibition to showcase and educate people, even in London being 
in Europe, a lot of people didn't actually still know about what happened. So it was, it's, um, it was eye, eye awakening or eye opening for a lot of people. And I think that's what was great for me to understand that, oh, okay, I was actually able to go to Bosnia, come back and teach and educate people on what has happened. And then they've learned something new and they've acknowledged that, okay, well, I need to now get involved and do something positive, which has translated into a lot more people actually traveling to Bosnia and learning about it as well. So it's powerful to be able to share an experience and for other people to actually take that opportunity and go themselves. And everything that we do, uh, we every sale that's made, we um, give back to the source of our inspiration, a percentage that goes back to the country. So, you know, it's important to be able to support where we come from, like where the research comes from. And um, yeah, so I think that's been one of the great situations. And with Palestine, I actually worked as a event manager for the biggest um, Palestine expo they had in the UK. So, you know, it's, it's been a great um, journey to be able to actually travel to the country. And it's a totally different experience than just reading a textbook or Googling something. And I think it's important for people to actually go out to these countries that are, you know, that are in history or that are still being spoken of. It needs, you need to travel, you need to actually learn firsthand and experience something rather than taking, you know, a social media opinion or a um, newspaper media doesn't always tell you the direct information that it's different. <laughs> it's, it's totally different when you go somewhere. Very yeah, very, very, very different. And, I mean, hopefully in a post-COVID world we can do that. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could do it virtually for the time. I am not encouraging for you to get on the plane right now. <laughs> Up to you at your own risk. <laughs> when the time comes. Just clean. <laughs> so good. No, but that's so true, right? And I think that's so kind of comes back to that, like the the power of a story and how important stories are and how not a singular story is going to be able to showcase like a, a real life experience. Like there needs to be multiple stories and, and actually being able to travel to a place. You can really be able to understand that and feel that in, in greater detail rather than the singular story that you're told through the media or whatever it may be. So, so, so very true. What message would you really like to send to young people through your work? Um, and what are you hoping to, to communicate? I think for me, the biggest message that I want young people to take from my work is that, you know, one person can make a difference. And, you know, you don't need a collective of people to create change. And, you know, a perfect example is Greta Thunberg. And I feel like she is, she's like a, I would love her to be the poster child of my uh, work. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think she's a perfect example for everyone, for young people, for adults, for everyone to kind of see that one young person is passionate about human rights you know about climate change as a cause that affects all of us and um I think with my work what I want people to 
believe and for them to learn is that you can go out and create something of yourself for yourself and have a positive impact as well. So for me, social entrepreneurship is really, really important. If you are going to start a business, try to start a business that is giving back somehow, be it by knowledge, be it by money, be it by sharing experiences, but just do anything that you do, have a positive purpose and understand what your purpose is and make a difference however you can to a smaller community or a wider community. Size does not matter at all, but as long as you are able to put something in place in this world to create a better world. That I think is one of the most important things for me. Amazing. That sounds really beautiful. And and what do you hope from your work that you're doing right now? What do you hope really results from it? Like, is there an angle for you personally or some kind of um, dream that you're hoping to achieve at the end of, well, I feel like the end sounds very luminous, doesn't it? At, at, in the future, what do you hope as like your goals? What are, what are your hopes and dreams of the future in, in your career? I don't think there's a end end because um, I think the end is <laughs> the legacy. The legacy, leave, yeah. Leave a positive legacy. Um, but in terms of like big goals of what I want to do is I want to create like a huge positive impact within the creative, the fashion industry and be one of the leading um, spaces where you know, we're able to make positive changes and be able to change other people's lives. Um, I would ideally like to have my in-house factory and, you know, be able to have a sweat-free space which is giving opportunities for people that need that opportunity to be able to take care of themselves and be responsible within fashion, which is important and being responsible with every art form that I create. Um, I think it's, for me, it's to showcase a message and an education through all the art forms that I do. And being known for that is, I think, one of my goals. And um, meet Greta. (laughs) Become best friends. Best friends, best friends, Greta. (laughs) Um, no, on a, on a serious note, I think for me is that I know that my purpose is to do something good in this world and be able to change other people's lives. There is so many situations that are, um, that are horrible in this world and there's so many bad things that are happening and you can get caught up with, um, be overwhelmed by it too but it's just making sure that you find one cause that you can help with and start with that and be able to create a change a conversation an awareness or a campaign to be able to back it and be able to help those people that need it um no saviors I don't think I believe I 100% don't believe that um You don't need to come from one country to another to become a saviour, but you can be a help, an assistant to create change. Um, Because we have 
issues globally everywhere um i don't think <laughs> i think we've definitely proven that the western world is not bulletproof with covid um we've been attacked and <laughs> we have not dealt with it properly so you know it's a perfect example to showcase actually that we're all equal and we all need to help each other and i think that's one of the common grounds that came through and highlighted with this covid-19 that you know no one is invincible and no country is better than the other uh we just need to find a fine tuning way of conversating with each other and be respectful and um live in peace i know it might sound very cheesy but it's just i think yeah my one of my um legacies is that i would like to leave something behind that is implemented that lifestyle to be respectful to each other and um be able to help each other so if you are super rich help someone that is super poor and find that middle ground because i think there is enough money there's enough resources there's enough of everything for every single human being that is in this world um it's just finding that balance of not being um selfish or i don't know what the word is but yeah, yeah. just need to be more kind that's it Oh, that's it, hundred percent. Especially, I feel like now more than ever, just being more kind is is so ridiculously important, and it can really help us all um, get through it all. So, thank you for sharing that, uh, Taslima. Really, really profound stuff. Um, if anyone on the podcast wanted, or any of our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, what would be the best way to do so? You can find me on all social media platform under. T-A-Z-L-I-M-A-S-T-Y-L-E, which is at Taslima Style. I hope I spelt it right. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll put it in the show notes. And is there also a website or would it just be through the social medias would be best? Yes. So you can you can contact me on all my social media platforms. So that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, I think I'm on there. Um and in terms of my website, it is www.taslimak.com. Nope, I lied. <laughs> totally cool. We'll put it in the show. <laughs> it all makes it. Don't worry. <laughs> it's www.taslima.com. Oh, God. I'm just don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll check it in there. <laughs> I will send it to you. <laughs> No, that's good. And then they can also, like, everyone can also have a look at all of your content and all the great stuff that you've made via your website too and your social medias and keep following um, all the collaborations that you're doing with other orgs. Yes, definitely. You can see all of that. I am currently updating my website, so I've got time now. (laughs) That's it. That's so good. Um, Amazing. Thank you so much, Chislima, for the conversation today. I feel like I've learned so much and and really been inspired by the power of creativity and what it can really make a difference or how it can really make a difference within the youth activism space. Um, Thank you so much for your time. Was there anything else that you wanted to leave us with or? I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me and giving me your time. I truly appreciate it with our time difference. You literally being on the opposite end of (laughs) 
<laughs> just like the right on the opposite. Totally fine. Um, slightly early on this side of the world, but that's totally cool. <laughs> it's I, I'm mostly an early riser, so this is fine. <laughs> Thank you so much again. Really appreciate it. And um, as the final note, just be kind, as we both said. Yeah, it's really important. Nice. Amazing. Thank you, Taz. Speak soon. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Remember that you can help us have a greater impact by sharing this and encouraging everybody on your social media to take a listen. If you want to reach out, remember that the contact of the co-host is down below in the show notes or feel free to do it on social media at WeRGCM. We will be very happy to talk to you and answer any of your questions. Also, remember to follow us and to subscribe to this podcast. See you in the next episode. Take care.